Hey there, just a quick message ahead of this episode to say we hope you like the rebrand, which includes a new website, rawuk.com, that's the URL. On there you can listen to and watch all our previous content. You can get extra content. You can also buy our first ever Raw merchandise and even sign up to become a Raw member, which will keep us going and keep you at the heart of this exciting journey, earning perks in return. We need your support, so please do check us out at rawuk.com and remember to like, comment and subscribe to everything we do on all our channels. And of course, make sure you tell all your pals. But most of all, enjoy this latest episode. Cheers. So you're listening to Raw, the 90s Rave podcast with me, Tom Latcham and Ian Hicksey. I'm pleased to say we're going to sort of bring it up into the modern age. But also we ask loads of questions. And if anyone wants to get in touch with questions, it's hello at rawuk.com for future episodes. Um, so we're going to ask some of those questions. And, and, and Ian, given your role as one of the most influential figures in hardcore, post-1995, your, your involvement with so much the scene, we, we can't not talk about a lot of people have got in touch with some of the perceived difficulties, perhaps, that have caused com- uh, discussion and conversation uh, on this podcast since we launched. Um, numerous people have said in our past interviews and elsewhere, including in comments to our content, they've suggested that Hardcore was a little bit of a closed shop. And, and, and you stated in an earlier interview um, that you hoped Raver Baby and HTID would be a showcase and a platform for new talent. And name you named several artists. But they never came to prominence, uh, as you predicted. Why is it that you think only Gamma, Recon, and of course the uh, the, the late Squaddy made it in terms of their rise to prominence? Um, again, I, I think it's just generally you can give people platforms, and it's it's down to the, the audience. You know, if someone likes something, you can't force someone to like something. Um, I'll go on. Um, a story, uh, Recon, one, one, he'd been making bits and bobs and uh, he was obviously at the time we got to know him because he'd done pretty green eyes for us with Ultra Beat and um, got to know him. He wanted to do some hardcore because he'd always been into hardcore. I was like, mate, go for it. Um, we booked him. Obviously, I was like, mate, I'm dropping you. Get a kickoff set. It's your first set. Off we go. After his set, uh, a mate, he made a proper beeline for me. Uh, came up to me going, you've only fucking booking because um, he's ultra beat. He's pretty green eyes. It's fucking well out of order, Rixie. There's loads of other people out there you should book. This, that, you know, really going into one. I went, look, all right. I said, let me stop you. I said, get the tape pack, mate. I said, I want you to listen to that tape pack. And I said, every tune by about two or three was written produced or remixed and he was like ah anyway he walked off and i don't like confrontation so my head was going about that fucking the most of the rest of the night it was a bit like oh fucking hell anyway it wasn't the next one it was a, f- a few after this fella came out of blue i'd sort of forgotten about it and he was like mate mate he's like oh my god oh my god you and Stalzy and Sai and that, you've all been playing these tunes for about a year. I can't believe it. What? They're all recons. And I was like, yeah, they're all recons. I was like, mate, I don't book mates. I book things that I think are going to work. I'm not I'm not here to book mates. And, no, and I, this is the thing. I know some people accuse other promoters of doing it. They don't book their mates. They predominantly want a successful night. If that so happens that they are mates with the people they're booking, then from my point of view that's how how it sort of goes and you know again it goes back to i see people sort of say oh i didn't break through because i didn't get the set times well that 
I, I used to, like I said, I used to do nine till tens. I used to do back rooms everywhere. Luckily for me that I must offer something that has progressed me, you know, and it's not, no one picked me back in when I was 16 go, right, we're going to make you have this as your career for the rest of your life. This is, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. You know, people gave me platforms. I'm massively grateful for Ramos, Supreme, Chris Fusion, you know, all them people that gave me that first platform. I'm massively grateful for, but I took that platform and then went there. And that's the same as, you know, everyone starts out well, somewhere. Is there, not an, is there not an argument? And bear with me on this one. So back in the mid-90s, there was incredibly varied rave music. You know, we just had one scene, right? And it was everyone could play different things in one genre and people would just go to that rave. So therefore, if you played something a bit different, you could you could stand yourself out in, in that single rave scene. Whereas fast forward to um, 2005, whatever, you know, whenever that was, you know, the, the height of your raver baby, when you were putting on a lot of, of your events, you knew what was successful was Raver Baby, right? Because you've proven it, literally proven it in the events because it's full and everyone's running from the door into the front. So you're like, oh, well, this works. Raver Baby works. People like this sound, this vibe, the Clubland Extreme, et cetera, et cetera. So therefore, because it works, you then book those sort of artists who play that sort of music. And then, for instance, and a lot of the freeform artists have said this as, 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 as a sort of, and I, and I I tend to agree on this. I really love freeform. Really like it. I thought it's fantastic. I think I, I didn't like where it went in the end, but that's sort of by the by. But at that period between ninety eight, two thousand and three, two thousand and four, it was fantastic. But it did feel a little bit like it was sort of just sho shoved to the early sets, to the to the second rooms, etc. And I can yeah. understand if that were the case because you know that what's working is that. But unfortunately, what then happens is that there's the, the accusation among people is that it, it becomes slightly stale. No, but again, all I say to people is look back at the flyers, look back at the times. And again, all I say is yin and yang. What is my yin to my yang work together? If I just booked everything that I thought was, let's say for this argument, Raver Baby, the night would just start falling flat because you can't have it all on one like trajectory the whole time. And I know this argument's come up. Again, I've had not confrontations, but I've had people accusing us of, turning mics down, changing light patterns, changing... It's never happened. The only time at air, I'll use air as an example, one, we never got near them amps. We weren't allowed to touch them. The guy in the corner was the sound guy, didn't even really ever know their names. I just always sort of said hello, told them they knew nothing prior to this anthem, this kickoff tune, the lights... Got, and even the DJs that got booked, it was like, look, no lights are coming on, no MCs are coming on. It's all singing and dancing from this point on. And whilst, yes, the laser went on and off throughout the night, it was never dictated to. It was the sound guy's choice to do what he wanted when he was sat there. And, you know, as far as turning mics down, anyone who is an MC will tell you that some MCs can project their voice louder through that mic at a certain level than another MC. That's why MCs are forever. You see them changing the mic when they come on. You know, that was nothing to do with, you know, it does annoy me that people think that we're deliberately, I'll deliberately try and fuck my night up or I'll try and make something not good in my night. Are you mental? All I would honestly do was, it was yin and yang. So if you was into your harder, faster stuff, it, that would come on after a Raver Baby DJ or if you was into something a little bit more free for me, that would come on after a Raver Baby DJ. So you've got your yin and the yang. So it's different. So my yin 
let's say Rover Baby, well, someone else's yin is freeform. So their yang would be Rover Baby, and my freeform stuff was the stuff that, and it isn't that I don't like freeform, it's just that it's not me personally, but I know how important it was and how good it was, and I could hear it. The difference is I can hear a good freeform tune and say, mate, that is going to absolutely smash that dance floor, and I can hear a crap form tune. Same as I can hear a good UK hardcore, you know, whatever, whether it be from whatever artist, and a shit one. You know, and that's the same. And some people did, I know back then, were there was this whole fucking, oh, it's controlled, it's controlled. Mate, I had no say in what Scott Brown was doing. I had no say in what Joey Wright was doing. I had no say in how... um Harkle Heaven. I had no say or prod, um, word in at the time when John Seduction had uproar. Um, no other DJs. Dougal and Gamma. You know they had their own label. I had no say in it. I couldn't say. You know I couldn't say. Right, you're not doing this. You're not doing that. It was just that. You but know, you're all pals, aren't you? So you're all influencing yeah, each yeah, other. Right. And again, I understand that. But also, then say so. Uh, certain other groups of MCs and DJs, they're all pals. Do you know what I mean? But I never not booked people I, I wouldn't put someone on at a certain time the only thing and again i don't i do because i know this has come up and i don't i wouldn't say i regret it but it is something that has then become a problem we did do the tag teams where certain djs and mcs worked you know it was happening a little bit before htid and there is nothing better for me than watching um you know DJs like at the moment, like watching say Club Filler and Storm together is mind blowing. They work so well together. Watching Wizkid and Darren Styles together, mind blowing. They work so well together. Brisk and Watsy, another example of DJ and MC that get each other. They like their music, and so at the time, it worked. You know, and I did try and vary a, a little bit, but then it over the years it's got so formulated that that has to happen that it's not different. And then the other thing on top, which was so difficult as a DJ point of view, then being the promoter doing the lineups, I had some DJs telling me they didn't want some MCs and some MCs saying they didn't want certain DJs. So it then becomes massively difficult. I'm not going to stir the pot and, you know, start ringing around people and going, hey, they don't want to work with you. They don't want to work with you. It was just a case of, well, I've sort of got to make my lineup also fit in with, not stirring the pot and making it all fucking difficult because you, there's nothing worse than having an artist turn up at an event. And this is me talking from my side as a, as a DJ doing something I don't want to do, you know? So I knew I didn't want to book a DJ knowing that they'd have an MC and I didn't want to book an MC knowing that the set that they were going to do, they weren't going to put their all into it or, or, you know, they felt like, Oh, do you know what? I, this, this ain't for me. Um, so it was a, a little bit of everything. And I, it's like I said, I wouldn't say I regret it because I, the, the the points that I've stood back at raves throughout years is DJA and MCB working it, how they work it. And and whilst it would be nice to do that mix up uh, again, I'd, that's the bit I regret that it doesn't seem to happen enough now. Um, it's very sad. It goes with that MC. What about this for a, for a potential regret? So if you look at the lineups in around about 97, 98, 99, a lot of those set, very same DJs were still on the lineups in 2005. And there was only two or three really that broke through genuinely. And you look at drum and bass, they've got new names all the time. 
and 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 they seem to me to be a a, a scene and I, I i can't say that i'm the biggest expert in upfront drum and bass but i look at flyers and i see new names all the time and and i and it just and it makes me think like that's how you stay fresh do you regret that that happened even if you did even if not necessarily it's your decision but you were putting on events at that end but do you regret that as a thing and do you think that that did um sort of play into the reasons of why hardcore had points of staleness yeah um i i honestly for me honestly as a promoter i think we really tried to vary our lineups and drop people in middle of the nights um giving them you know all sorts i, I generally believe we did it we uh kept or i kept my ear to the ground 100 percent. mark did and then when steve came on board at the later dates you know that i i think their finger were fully on the pulse of trying to always elevate newer artists uh newer producers um and I, I can't i haven't got the answer of why some people broke through and some people didn't i can only utilize it as uh the scene didn't produce or hasn't inspired a, as many producers i'd love it to have done um, and you know, you you've got your club fillers, and like you said, Squaddy and Recon uh, Gamma when he broke through um, from the the you know the side of the the stuff I love, and then the free formation stuff. Um, you know, they had a brilliant network of of people coming through, and again, we you know we tried to book as many of their different artists as well. We wasn't like, oh, we we should really book them. You know, they sent me something that made me go, perfect. That's bloody brilliant. I like it. They're making stuff. They got releases on the label. Um, this is all great. And um, whilst I get it, some people argue, oh, it's an old boys club. I don't think there's no club about it. If someone doesn't like me as a DJ, when I DJ, they'd walk off the dance floor. You know, and, that, and that's the thing. I'd, I'd, I'd see it with, um, you know, even... even if you use Vibe, for example, he's been around longer than me. When him and Lively are DJing, they're, they're, they wreck the bloody place. You know, it's like you, you see people that weren't old enough, probably, uh, or even maybe sometimes not even bloody born, unfortunately, now it does my nothing. But they probably weren't born when Vibes and Lively started. You know, but now they're stood there raving to him. And I think that's it. It's It's... You know, there is a, 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 I don't know where you just describe it, but there is a selection process, I suppose, of uh, majority within that sort of scene or that nightclub would go, well, this sets, you know, making me stay it. Whereas, oh, I'm just going to go for a little stroll. And I, I've had sets where I'm stood there thinking, fuck, you know, every, you're throwing everything at them and you, you're just seeing them like, uh, and then you do, you walk around and think, shit is this sort of it you know is, is that it and yeah you know, and i've said I, I will forever dj if people want me do you know what i mean oh or if i fall out of love with it you know i i, I don't um I, I i don't necessarily uh think um i'll do it forever but whilst i love it and i mean love it because that's the other thing people think oh you just do it you know oh, oh fucking this that and the other no no you've got to love this scene because it's certainly ain't what it used to be sort of you know it isn't it, it's had its difficulties it's had uh it's it's highs and it's bloody lows and sometimes it's not easy but i bloody love it 
well, I mean, we can tell that it's, it, it comes out of your every port. I, 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 one of the other things that people say, and, and, and he's not here to defend himself on this, so I'm going to ask you the question and you can answer it, is that, for instance, Storm, MC Storm, big pull, huge pull, quite clearly a massive pull. People go to raves to see MC Storm. That is obvious, right? So therefore, as a promoter, you want him on your bill, right? You want him top of your bill. And you did have him top of your bill a lot. Now, a lot of people we've spoke to, and some of them are artists, uh, have said that if Storm didn't want someone on a bill, for whatever reason that might be, uh, you know, it could be to uh, ensure that he's the big name. And, you know, we get that. We all want to stay at the top. We all want to be the best. We all want to get the top pay. We want to be the top bill. But he would say, well, if you book him or if you book him at that place, I I I'm not going to do it. And you're like, well, I've got a decision to make here because I need Storm because Storm's the big pull. Is there any truth in that? Well, he's not here to... To, to answer it himself, but, no, but he, you would have had the conversations. You would have had the conversations. He has never, ever said to me, "Don't book someone." The only time he's said anything is to book someone. You know, <laughs> th th there's bits and bobs I know that have gone on that are nothing to do with me. But all I can say is, again, the the, the rave scene goes on, and I know other artists might feel like that. But to me directly. It's not happened. And and some people might go, oh, well, I heard it. Ad, I heard this had happened. No, nope. no, nope. not at all. Never, ever. He's pushed through. There's a few MCs that he was like, listen, listen, this, 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 this. He's done the same with DJs. He's done it recently. He wrote me out about there was a, a couple of the um, uh, streams that were going on. You know, I generally not even heard of him. And he was like, mate, just go and check him out. Seriously, check him out. And it was like, okay, yeah, cool. Um. There's another question that's coming from, from a lot of listeners. And so I have to ask it. And I expect that you probably knew it was coming. It's a very sensitive topic. It involves uh, a major falling out uh, between Cy and Storm. But it was wider than that. And it was uh, it caused a lot of rancor in the scene. And around about 2012, it's sort of centred around allegations, uh, criminal allegations of Cy. And we don't need to go into those. But I'm interested to get your take. Uh, and so is other our, our listeners. To get your take on how you felt to be in such a difficult situation. Um, yeah, I, 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 it, it's very difficult to talk about. Um, it involves someone I cared about a hell of a lot. Um, and a lot of other people were getting caught in the crossfire. Uh, there was all sorts of different allegations being made. Uh, it was just very difficult to deal with. It was a difficult time. I wanted the world to open up and swallow me up. If I'm really honest, um, it, it it just was one of those. Um, it was the lowest point of my my career. Um, you know, it, it split and divided a lot of friendships, a lot of partnerships. It just wasn't the the greatest time. So, um, whilst I know a lot of people would be interested, all I can say is it was the the lowest point for me. Um, I know other people. You know, it affected them differently uh, as well. But for me. Um, yeah, it's something I don't know where I, I, I wouldn't want to openly talk about it. Well, I don't talk about it at all, to be brutally honest, because it just sucked. It, you know, the whole situation, it, it, it left a lot of um, just division and just, you know, I, I wish there was something I could offer that would make it a bit clearer for people. But I, I honestly don't have that clarity either. It just, it, it just shit. That's all I can say. It was horrible. Um, yeah, I, I don't really, if you don't mind, I don't really want to sort of discuss it. It's not, it's not my place as well to, to sort of openly talk about others. 
Fair enough. Look, I, I had to ask, and I hope you don't mind me asking. No, not at all. Not at all. Obviously. Okay. In terms of its impact upon the scene, I, I, I've got to say I'm not a, I, I'm not um, an expert in upfront um, UK hardcore, so you'll have to forgive me. Do you, as far as I can see, hardcore in an upfront way is struggling again. It's 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 not in a good place. The numbers and events aren't big, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Was that part of the reason of that? Is that, or is there a wider reason than that? No, I don't think so. I, I, I generally think it, it, it's like I said, it, it's fractured friendships. It, it, it generally, that's caused, you know, problems, that unity, I suppose, that's there professionally on a friendship level. Uh, musically, again, I just think it's it's going through that journey of there's an evolution. Um, it's funny because there's a, a, you know, a bit of a BPM change with some artists at the moment that has, uh, you know, made some people go, what, what, what do you mean? Uh, and some people hating the new direction and the new sound with some some DJs and um, producers, but I suppose it's just that it's that another evolutionary step. That and, like, you know me, I'm I'm not making things deliberately different. I'm still sat in the studio making things I like. You know, right. I, I, if I don't like it, you won't hear it. You do you think? Do, do do you think that um, the genre can reach maybe not the heights it did in the nineties because that was absolutely gi- ginormous? I mean, two thousand in the mid two thousands is pretty big again, actually. So yeah, maybe. Do you think that the the genre as is, or whatever you're doing, or whatever you're creating, or whatever direction you're going in, has the ability to reach those heights again? Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. There, there's more. Again, there's more new producers uh, whilst. The, the age-old debates there again about bookings and events and, you know, they don't get a look-in or they don't get the platforms. Um, but they're finding other avenues and other ways and other means to get their music out there. And there's more new music that I get my hands on now that, than ever before. You know, I'm, and again, I'm finding myself finding music, not getting it sent to me, going on SoundCloud, going on YouTube, coming across people that have been around for you know a good couple of years that are making stuff now that i'm like i can play this i could definitely play this this is this will fit in my set all day long so i think it's it's a really exciting era era, or time again um they it's like almost identical to the early breakbeat happy hardcore beginnings because you've got some people loving the breakbeat sound and some people loving and getting introduced to this new happy hardcore sound. Uh, and you've got some that are like that, I hate, and some people saying that, oh, I don't get it, that's not right. So you've got that again. The only difference is this: there's some amazing producers and DJs that will cater for the older sound still, or, or you know, they're still developing that sound into a ever-changing sound within that bubble. Um, and I'm just hoping that it all comes back side by side sort of thing where people are realizing that difference is there again well this dj's on i don't really like him but in that room someone for me or you've got you know a raver that's just wow i like a bit of all sorts throw whatever at me let's see where we go and i do believe it's it's got the the potential to to do that again you've only got to look at um the the platforms that are happening around the world in america across europe and australia and japan where other artists that are really nothing to do with what i call as say the hardcore scene but yet they're playing the music you know they're finishing their sets with it or they're just dropping it in randomly so when you see the reaction to that in front of sometimes thousands of people 
all I think is, ah, brilliant. Okay, there you go. The, the music still makes people bounce up and down. We've just maybe lost them automatic platforms we had of inviting people to the scene and the club events. That and that's the difficult thing nowadays. It used to be, you know, tape packs. It used to be the flyers. Uh, it used to be everything. And some people always say, "Ah, oh, yeah, but it's all online now. It's all online. Why aren't they?" Or it's like, well. You, the attention span of someone clicking on something online, it must be about five seconds before they go, nah, nah, nah. so it's so difficult to capture someone. It's helping now with the live streaming, I think, the the podcast, the radio stations. You know, there's a lot more happening where you will get a little bit more attention, someone's time attention, rather than just flicking through on YouTube or, or uh, SoundCloud. If it's on like a radio station or something in their area or it's a live stream and they're like, oh, it captures them. And that I'm hoping will be the beginnings of them going, oh, I want more. I want more of this. I want really do want more of this. How much has locked? How was how, what impact has lockdown had upon this new world or or, or or the sort of new direction in which we're finding itself? Uh, has it given people time, like yourself, producers, time to to get in the studio and create something a bit different and new and think about ways in which it can become bigger again? Has it given other you know other producers time to come through? What's how will it look after we come out of this? Do you think? Um, I, I think it'd be very similar. I mean, I can only talk for me um it's been great to um you know lockdown it's been shit not doing your normal and going out to the clubs but it's been great i suppose to spend more focused time on projects within the studio you know it's hard because you know i I musically you know you dj it out and then you go well that that bit needs to do this or that whereas no one's had that you know no one's so you're Bouncing your tracks, you're doing backwards and forwards to to people to listen to and go, yeah, yeah, I like that. Or no, I've changed this, which is different. It's it's definitely different. Um, I think when it all comes back, I think the the most exciting part, whilst I don't think it's going to be crazily different musically or artistically or promoters and things like that, I think that what's going to be exciting is it's almost going to be fresh for anyone going to a rave again. They're going to walk through them doors mm. absolutely like, this is, this is <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think you've got an opportunity to just reignite their love, their passion, the promoter's passion, the DJ's passion, the MC's passion. Not whilst it's all there. I'm not saying people have lost their passion, but, I think it's that ideal opportunity. It's like that. Everyone says it's like a reset in life. You know, everyone, whatever it is, whether it's seeing your family, your friends, you know, how you do things, it has been that reset. And that's the bit that I think excites me. I don't think it's going to be magically different. I just think it's giving people enough time away from something to just enjoy it and I'm hoping. And, and how have, and how have you found it? I I, I imagine that, that that the thrill of playing out is a big miss. Of course, financially, that's a that's that's another issue as well. But I, as as I understand it, you've invested quite well in the past. You still produce for other people, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. How have you coped with both not playing out in terms of the bars and the finances? Um, to be honest, it's been a bit strange because leading up to lockdown. I was blurring the fact that I can't stand travelling, whether it be in, in a car. I've got to an age where I just generally don't like travelling. I really don't. And I think leading up to lockdown, I was almost blur the, the two 
of the actual events and stuff, it was all becoming one. And I was thinking, oh, I'm not enjoying this as much. Oh, it's doing my nothing. What lockdown done made it clear that I definitely love the music. I definitely love DJing. I love everything about it still. I just really didn't like the, the, the traveling side. So it's made me definitely realize, right, remember to focus when you're driving four hours home at whatever time in the morning and feeling like absolute crap, knowing you've got to get up with your, your lunatic kids and dogs in the morning. Just keep your head together because, you know, I, I, I have got a job that, like I said, is bloody brilliant for it to do as a, as a job. It is good. Um, but... I, I've struggled not DJing, weirdly on and off. It, you know, some points you're like, this is lovely, you know, at the weekend, you know, you're just chilled and doing whatever with your, your wife and your kids. That side of it, you're always like, oh, this is this is great, I'm not missing it. But then you just have them moments where you'd see something online or, you know, a live stream or something like that. And honestly, it would rip you to, to bits a little bit because you almost feel like, well, what what am I doing? Do you know what I mean? It was almost question you not your worth, but you'd you'd miss it. Where I've done this since I was like a teenager, it is what you, is in you, and to all of a sudden not be able to do it. If you made the decision to retire, that's your choice. Do you know what I mean? Whereas we were all forced to just stop work, mm. and or a lot of the people that are around me have done this their whole lives. Mm. So on and off, even on phone calls with people, you know this because your stomach would sort of go over because you're sort of thinking oh what you know and even you know on and off when the prime minister has announced certain things you get all excited because you think oh okay well in my head it's not going to write this is right back at the beginning it's not going to open up for a couple of months but he's just said this so maybe and then you know you'd get the the, the shit news of it definitely ain't going to open up again and it would just make you miserable so how did you feel when Rishi Sunak said that you weren't viable? <laughs> yeah, again, you know, that he just... Um, I, I'm not... Um, I just think it affected a lot of people that they just didn't think it through. They didn't realise, again, that, like I said, the impact that it would have on some people financially, um, even just, again, just saying, well, your industry shut and we ain't even going to talk about it. I think if they'd at least tried to speak about things logically, that if they're going to say, well, this can open up, but that can't because of this reason, you'd think about it. But they, they're opening up things for me. I look at it and I think, well, along the way, you've let this happen, but you won't let that happen. But the two really are the similar you know, you've got the same amount of sort of people breathing the same sort of air and being in contact with people. You're not making sense. But with the whole nightclub industry, they've just not even really talked about it. And it's affected, you know, not so much like, well, it has affected DJs and MCs and artists, but it's the people behind the scenes that, again, it's like it's all they've known. You know, it's all they've known. And I know some support packages have been in there and furlough and all, all that sort of stuff is there. But it... it some people fell between the gaps mm. so much with it and seeing, um, you know, just nightclubs that I think probably might not open again. That, that That's always been an absolute killer. When you see a venue go that was massively iconic for you or even if it's one that you've not played off, but you know that it, of its existence, you know, they've gone amongst our years as it is, let alone what might happen in the next three to six months 
some of these venues might not be able to open again, you know, and that's mm. when you just think, well, they've, they're ripping the soul out of, you know, some university towns. I always have this argument of, about Portsmouth a little bit. You've got a massive university town. They're desperate to get people to come to Portsmouth to go to university. Yet the nightlife, sometimes you just think, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing? people are going to come into university. They're going to want a nightlife that travels past two o'clock sometimes, but yet they won't do it all the time. Or, you know, that you hear of something happening, but then you hear, you know, whether it's true or not, but you hear that the councillor sort of saying, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. And you just think, well, they're going to piss off to another town that is letting a nightlife mm. happen. You know what I mean? And I think it's right. all that. Yep governments local and national particularly when they're tory don't tend to value nightlife i don't think and uh, and we've seen that in real stark uh, terms in the last year really we really hope you're enjoying yet another one of raw's in-depth interviews about the rave scene which we are proud to say are now all curated into the british library sound archive all of us here at raw hq love how much you love what we do and your generous one-off donations have been a huge help in covering our initial costs. But we're now a team of five, putting in a combined 80 hours a week for no wages, with big plans to expand further, and so our costs are going up. As such, we could really use your help to keep Raw growing and developing, as you've seen us do since our launch in July 2020. First up, go and check out our brand new website. It's rawuk.com, where you can find loads of cool extra content, and you can grab Raw's first ever range of merchandise. That's rawuk.com for our new flashy website. We've also launched a new membership scheme where you can support us financially to create more content on an ongoing basis for less than the price of an oat milk cappuccino. Plus, you get great perks in return. Head to patreon.com forward slash rawukpods. That's patreon.com forward slash rawukpods to see exactly what's on offer. You can also join our YouTube membership, which is basically the same. Uh, or if you're not asked about a membership, but you'd like to support us with a few quid as a one-off or a repeat donation, then head to our website and click the PayPal link. A reminder of that new website URL yet again, rawuk.com. Big love and respect to you all. Please keep supporting us. Hope you enjoyed the rest of the app. Just before we wrap up, um, you have, though, been keeping yourself busy, of course. You are producing in the studio for yourself, for other people. Um, you recently started a bonkers show with uh, Sharky and Scott Brown. Great to have Sharky back, by the way. Fantastic. On Beat 106 uh, in Scotland. He's the old Sharky. He's buzzing. We've got him back. It's fantastic to see. It must be fantastic to get the band back together. Yeah, it's been brilliant, actually. It has been brilliant. I, I knew a little while ago with John wanting to, to um, you know, just, just venture out of where he's been and um, just, just just start chatting to people. This was prior to the the, the bonkers stuff. And um, hearing someone at their lowest and then hearing someone so different and back to, again, you know, probably pre 
you know, 96 time where he is just on fire. He really is. And he is such a, you know, a, a modern day, well, back then an influencer, you know, and I know people that that's a new word, but he is. And when it comes to his passion of his flavour of music, it's so important and it's missed, you know, and that's why, again, I, I, I say it so much. I must piss some people off when I talk to them about it, but I use the word yin and yang so much because he is that yin to someone or yang to someone that whilst they might not, it might be their favourite, but it might not be their favourite. However, they might still stand there and go, well, yeah, I'm going to have a little boogie to this for something different tonight, or I'm going to listen to this. Um, it's not my absolute favourite, but this is good music. And vice versa, some people be like, this is the bollocks, this is my favourite, oh my God, oh my God. And hearing him talk about what he wants to do and how he wants to progress back into doing what he, he did is... Uh, it's been brilliant. You know what I mean? It, it has been brilliant. You know, over the years, me and John, I wouldn't say we clash. It's the wrong wrong word. We've always been friends, but we have massively different views on music. You know, we, we've all, always have. But that's a good thing. You know, yeah. and that, that is so important. And I don't expect people to love everything I do. I, you know, if Sharky doesn't like something mean, it doesn't mean I'm not going to be his friend. You know, I, I get it. If someone says to me, mate, it's not for me. I'm not going to be like, well, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. Then I sod you. I, I need, you know, I need that sort of like yes and no from people because I, I did that. That's it. You know, even stuff I make, I don't love it all. I'm like, you know, so I get that. And like I said, over the years, we've clashed, not horribly, but we clash on ideas, especially when it comes to bonkers. You know what I mean? We really did, you know, have moments where we were like just on different pages. But what was good was that eventually we sort of came together, got the ideas together and it worked. You know, there was there was something there that definitely worked. And then the 106, Beat 106 came about through James, who was one of the originals from React um and uh he got hold of us and sort of said well you know there's this 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 radio show that we could do um what do you think and i was just like i'm i'm all over it i think mm -hmm. uh, for me again it comes back to the bloody yin and yang but how you could have me one week john one week uh, scott brown one week hopefully dougal's going to dive in on and off um, doing things, he's he's quite busy with some some bits and bobs at the moment. I won't go into, um, but you know that again, you're giving the audience all different sort of takes on music that hopefully they're going to sit back and be like, "Wow, oh, this is bloody brilliant!" And having and John, it... go on, sorry, go. Well, John's doing the first hour every every week, um, and again, whilst I might dive in and do little bits here and there, I, I'm not set up to do that weekly at the moment, to be honest, but he is, he is absolutely perfect. And the plans he's got to interview um, all the different artists and venture again, venturing through as after, after the first show, James Horrocks rung me. And he's like, the response has been brilliant. You know, everyone's buzzing. And I just said, this is the mad thing. The, 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 the amount of different music from different eras, different sounds, different styles now is staggering. So, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, John John doing this, we, we've sort of just labelled it like a more of a magazine-y type bit at the beginning. Again, he's just perfect because he's he's just all into it. He's, he's, a, tour de, a tour de force, full of energy, isn't he? He still is. Even though he's had such a, a, a tough few years with no energy, he still retains his 
his his soul and his you know and he just talking to him I, I spent half an hour on the phone to him the other day you know and it was just the geezer just he's just passionate about his music loves it absolutely loves it and and it's great to 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 have him back um ian it's been an absolute joy talking to you actually before i go does this then lead to the relaunch of bonkers <laughs> um possibly yeah yeah <laughs> it's something that i i, I to, to be honest to be really honest I've spoken to James on and off throughout the years. I've got had a few ideas with it. The difficulty is, and this is the reality, is when it comes back, it, it is going to be different. So I know some people would be very like, because I could do an old school mix of Bonkers. And whilst that would please some people, it'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sharky could and Dougal could and Scott Brown could. But all that stuff's already out there. So if I'm going to do something, you know, a few people asked, you know, oh, are you going to play old stuff on the Bonkers show? And I was like, well, no, I'm going to just venture back over the last couple of years because I will do some old school mixes. But there's been so much of that that what's the point? You know, what what is the point? You know, let and again, let we're letting John sort of focus on that on and off playing the older bits. But with the album, you, you are going to piss off people that are just in love with the brand because it isn't going to sound probably like they'd like it to in their head. You know, I know, I know it. I know it 100%, whether it be my mix. You can never please all the people all the uh, time. John's mix would be different to what people imagine, Scott Brown's would and Dougal's would, because we're all from different eras of, you know, where we're at. So someone who was bonkers one fans definitely ain't going to like my mix because it ain't going to be nothing like Bonkers One if, the, you know, if we do get this sort of concept going. Um, so, yeah, over the years, I've spoke to James. One of the one of the things that sort of stopped it was John not possibly being involved at the time, whereas now it's that's that's sort of done for me. So I sort of said to James, well, we can John. John's ready and raring to go. So there's nothing actually stopping us now doing cut cut of concept ideas with the the brand and the the, the albums hopefully and there's so much and there's so much good old school sounding music being made that actually mm. i think it's fine to populate an album with 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 that stuff it, whatever happens it's, yeah. it sounds incredibly exciting well there you go i think we can end that episode now and the interview on what we call in the newspaper industry a bona fide exclusive the return of bonkers potentially uh but it looks looks pretty promising Ian, it's been a joy to play, uh, a joy to to interview you for today. Thank you for your time. I really, really appreciate it, and I think that everyone's going to love the interview. So, thank you. Uh, it's great to hear from you, mate. Thank you, mate. Enjoyed that. It's cool. Well, that's it for another episode of Raw. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love you to get involved. All of us here at Raw HQ buzz hard of how much you, the Raw crew, enjoy our work and your generous cash donations have been a huge help since our launch. But we're now a team of five, putting in combined 80 hours a week for no wages. We've got loads of plans to go further, expand our team and offer. But that does mean that our costs are also increasing. So we could really use your help to keep Raw growing and developing as you've done since we started. So please do check out our website initially. It's rawuk.com for interesting extra content and to get your hands on our first ever range of Raw merchandise. That's rawuk.com. We've also launched a new membership scheme where you can donate to create more interesting and fun content on an ongoing basis and you'll even get stuff in return. So head to patreon.com forward slash rawukpods. That's patreon.com forward slash rawukpods to see what's on offer. 
You can also join our YouTube membership, which is the same. Or if you're not bothered about membership, but you'd like to support us with a few quid as a one-off or repeat donation, head to our website and click the PayPal link. That website URL, one more time, rawuk.com. Respect to you for your support and for getting to the end of this episode. Please keep supporting us and help ensure there's more quality content coming your way on a regular basis. Oi, oi.